curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. In-person networking opportunities are at an all-time high, yet many networkers continue to struggle to develop relationships that developed into meaningful business. More importantly, networks struggle to maintain the community environment created by in-person networking opportunities in the digital domain. Terry Bean has a tremendous passion for helping others get better connected to what they seek. He takes time to uncover people's needs and leverages his network and knowledge to see them fulfilled. Terry spends most of his time as a business growth strategist, sought-after speaker, and community builder. His love of Detroit compelled him to create Motor City Connect in 2006. MCC was one of the first hybrid, online, and real-world networking groups in the country. It's provided business opportunities, guidance, and inspiration to thousands since its inception. Personal, personally, I also am a member of MCC. Terry's also credited with creating the movement that celebrates March 13th as Detroit Day. Terry's written a book on business networking, co-hosts a podcast called Business Growth Time, and is the community director for TEDx Detroit. In 2009, he received the Presidential Volunteer Service Award from President Obama. In 2010, he was honored as a leader and innovator through Lawrence Tech University. And in 2012, he received the Detroit 2020 Person of the Week Award from Channel 7. He has a BS in psychology and an MA in business communications from Eastern Michigan. He loves the Simpsons, introspection, universal laws, and sharing. He lives in White Lake, Michigan with his wife, Stephanie, and their 16-year-old daughter, Alexandria. His knowledge and experience in the successful marriage of online and in-person connections make him a natural to have on for this topic. Give it a listen. I'm going to pay you a compliment. I hope you take it this way. When, when I say I feel like in the Metro Detroit area, you're like you're an OG networker. That's my, my designation that I would give Terry Bean is, dude, you're an OG networker. So thank you for joining me on the program. I appreciate getting to talk with one of, one of the pioneers in the space, man. 
I appreciate that, man. And I, you know, I've been down since day one. So what can I tell you? <laughs> down since day, no doubt, no doubt. So uh, uh, let's jump in the way back real quick before we we get to where we are today. So uh, I'm I'm going to use ten years as the marker. So there we are in 2009. Uh, everybody's got a different perspective on where they were with respect to what was happening with the explosion of the internet in that time frame, especially when it came to social media. But for guys like you and I, and at the age that we were at that moment, uh, let's harken back to the genesis of MCC. Like, how, how did that thing happen? So it's funny that you use 2009 as the starting point. Be like all great overnight success stories. By 2009, <laughs> I was definitely an overnight <laughs> all right. So if I can, you know, fill in the gap for you, yeah. we started in 05. Right. That's how overnight success stories happen. I had I had two real distinct conversations, man. And actually, it probably started in 04 a little bit. I was connecting with people on LinkedIn all over the planet. And it was cool. I was learning. I was getting dialed into different cultures and communities and ways of doing business. And it was fascinating to me. And one of the things I recognized, though, is none of those people around the planet gave two shits about Detroit. And if you think about 2005, um, Detroit was in dire straits right it was and we weren't even close to bottom but we oh. were on a slide that was moving fast no we were still the joke we hadn't seen the punchline or the punch in the face that was oh no <laughs> all right so in 05 i had i had two very distinct conversations one with a friend named dave bisner may he rest in peace Dave said, we need to start a LinkedIn Detroit group, right, where we can get all these people that we're connected to on LinkedIn and bring them together, do some face-to-face stuff. I'm like, dude, that's hot. Let's do that. Um, At the time, LinkedIn was not allowing for groups to be just started. There were groups, but you had to go through a rigmarole and (laughs) hear about how that was going to work. So that was kind of squashed pretty quickly. Um, within that month, another friend, Kirk McNeil, said, we need to start a, an effective networking group where people come together face-to-face and basically play go fish with their contacts. Right. right? So we did that September 05 at my buddy Kevin Crayson's office at BizNet, um, and there were seven people there, and that was, that was kind of the start. And that group grew to... 40 or 60 people showing up every other month, every six weeks, somewhere in their random spots. It was just kind of an email list and we'd all just go around and it was like, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. Who can help me? And that was kind of how it, it happened. Um, that group ran for like a year and a half. Right. And I let go of control over it. And then one day I was sitting around and I was still thinking about how Detroit needed help and we needed to come back. And I was thinking about this electronic medium, the internet, in a Yahoo group called My LinkedIn Power Forum, with it started by a guy named Vincent Wright. And I was watching how people interacted through there. And I was like, networking's a 24-7 sport. It's not good enough to just meet every week if you're in a BNI or every four to six weeks if you're in this random group that I've got going on. How do you how do you connect people all the time? And I was like, all right, I'm gonna take this chocolate and I'm gonna have you know this peanut butter <laughs> and that dipped in and I'm gonna make this Yahoo group and I called it Motor City Connect and invited a bunch of people and then a few months later invited more and then 
Uh, we went from a Yahoo group in early, you know, Xandavo 06, early 07, when I finally actually put some energy toward it. Um, by March of 08, we had 300 people in the Yahoo group. And by, uh, I remember it, like it was yesterday, March 15, 2008, for three weeks, we're moving the group, we're moving the platform, we are leaving Yahoo groups, we are closing this down, we are moving to this site called Collective X, which is now group site where Motor City Connect still lives. Don't stick around, come with us, come with us. And like, I don't know, 230 of the 330 people were there day on March 16th. Right. Like, wow, that's not bad. We got like, you know, 60%. We did yeah. good. By May 15th of that same year, we had gone from 300 and, or, you know, 230 to almost, no, to 1,000 people. Wow. At the end of May. Wow. And August, we had hit 3,000 people. Wow. So, I mean, that thing caught fire. Now, you got to remember, this was before, uh, like, Twitter caught fire that summer, 2008. Right. Only if you were already a social media. Sure. Right? Not for, like, normal people. No, um, no. <laughs> and so Facebook was a thing, right? But barely for old people. Yeah. Um, and LinkedIn sure. was still around, but people still thought about it as a resume thing. Yeah. So it was hyper-local. It was online. It was real world. We had, I don't know, 14 meetings a month at one point. Wow. All over, you know, we used to have them in Brighton and we'd have them out in Ann Arbor and we'd have them all the way out in Warren and Gross Point and St. Clair Shores and down in Detroit and up in Auburn Hills. <laughs> the traveling roadshow. It was nuts. And then, you know, 2009 hit in the, the world as we knew it kind of fell apart a little bit. And you'd go to yeah. meetings and... You know, there'd be 13 people there and seven of them were looking for a job and it was right. depressing as all get out. And yeah. I felt bad taking $20 for people to listen to who needs a job, right? So right. kind of scaled it back, and, and but just always kept it going. And it was, you know, but it, the one thing about Motor City Connect that most people don't know is it was never intended to be a business. Still isn't. Not set up as a business. It was set up as a gift. My initial idea was threefold. One, we better figure out how to help the people that are going to be transitioning as a, from an employee to an entrepreneur because that's the only way you're going to have a job in that time frame. All right, so we're going, to, we're going to train the individual. We're going to help them grow a business. And then ultimately, we're going to help them grow a community. Yeah. So it was it was truly a, a gift in that respect. Um, two, it was designed to help people get better connected. Right. My whole mission in life, I want to help you get better connected to the ideas, the people and the opportunities that you need to live your best life. Right? That's who I am. Um, and then three, selfishly, it was like, boy, if I could just throw a magnet in the middle of the town and suck people into my <laughs> world. Right. <laughs> I'll never have to knock on a door or cold call again. So it was, that's, that was, those were the reasons that it happened. Yeah. And, you know, um, while it is still possible to create a, uh, a group of people today, back then it was a kinder, gentler internet. It was, more kumbaya or let's build a tribe everyone could be nice to one another as long before the trolls that exist today That's so right. 
forged in the early benign internet and then brought to light and really carried through and forged in fire, if you think about it, right? So those relationships had to stand, withstand what was really the most god-awful time in hopefully all of our professional careers forever and for all time, never again, hopefully to be seen the way it was. But because of the connections that you created and the strength of the in-person part of what was going on, it allowed a lot of those relationships to survive to the point that we now stand where we are in 2019 with the community that you've actually been able to create. It's true, man. And we did it, we did it kind of purposefully in that, you know, I wanted to have multiple touch points, right? Because I know from experience that there are people that are going to get excited to come together and talk about business. There are people that are going to get excited to come talk together over drinks. There are people that are going to get together and be excited about going and doing some service work. Right. So we made sure that we always had that right mix of opportunities to let people plug in how, where and when they wanted to, because I think that's the, the real important piece. And there are people that are going to be super cool just sitting typing on a keyboard. Right. Right. Sure. Get that. Well, and so that I wanted to talk a little bit about that, because from from let's if we call this a hybrid, if we call it a, a, a networking model that has both online and in-person components. I would, I would hazard to say that that is still a major struggle for a lot of people. So why, why do you think hybrid networking hasn't become more of a thing? And why, where is it that what you guys have created has allowed your version of the model to be sustainable? Um, you know, it's an interesting question. Why hasn't it become more of a thing? I, a, right. We live in a culture today where everybody's glamorizing the grind or the hustle, right? So everybody's way too busy to do anything like that. So y'all, y'all got to see the air quotes. That <laughs> um, is Roger and I are kicking it at 10 o'clock on a Thursday because we're busy. Um, it's, uh, so I think that mindset's a little bit broken and misused. I think people don't fully understand how to connect in a genuine and real way, um, in person, let alone the ability to do it online, I think adds another layer of complexity. I think people are too interested in, in who they are and what they want and not interested enough in the other people and how to be of service to them. Um, I think that's changing. I do. I, it's, it's, it's taken a little longer than I expected it to, but I really do feel like we're getting to a point um, in, in the generation, uh, the millennials behind me and the Z generation behind them, hopefully even more so, are really starting to give two shits about, you know, the things that really matter, other people, the planet, right? You know, the, the tiny house movements more than just <laughs> right? Tiny yeah. house, right. So I think there's some I I think there's some cool things that are happening. And I do think it'll actually kind of catch on and people realize that you can you can build broad online. Right. But you can build deep when you're face to face. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think can be the 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 wall breaker is newer entrants to the workforce are accustomed to being very social. Mm-hmm. And, 
and they love experiences. They like to go places and be invited to do stuff that is interesting to them, that creates memories for them, that gives them a, a reason to get from behind their devices. And if you give them that reason and it appears that there's interesting people there that won't be mean to them, they actually are excited to show up. So I think you're right that as more and more and more people enter the workforce that are accustomed to that, some of them are going to take the leadership role and say like, wow, I see that there's not really a whole lot of this going on. And there's things called meetups that if you go over to the meetup side of the world, it's absurd. So we call them networking events. They call them meetups. We're all standing around wondering where they are. They're at the meetups. <laughs> I like that you said that there are people entering the world that are very social. And the people that you're talking about are the same people that most of our generation wouldn't see as social at all. But you used it in a totally different context, right? You didn't yep. mean social like hey let's go slap some backs and talk face to face and clink wine glasses together you mean like online digging it up on their phone and being connected together through the social networks it's pretty funny how um how, how what nuance happens in language still yeah well and for me it's when linkedin stops becoming everyone's baseball card collection and turns into actually real life conversations with people about stuff that you notice based on your interactions with them. Maybe if you then invite them somewhere, they maybe would want to come. They might show up. <laughs> they might actually show up. But if you start your uh, in-mail with trying to sell me on something, I'm probably not inviting you to the thing. So I'm sorry. Cause that's not cool. Like you've already broken the model. So no, you don't get to get the in-person part. Sorry. Can you imagine, right? Because all of a sudden that guy that just sent you that in-mail about that, how he's getting 25 to 30 warm leads a month, which is an in-mail that I got this morning. By the way. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, he shows up to the suite at the Tigers game and he has that same conversation 17 times. With oh, jeez. <laughs> all right. All right. So so I guess I do, I do want to, like, for people who think that, wow, there's really not a lot of these opportunities to – to take digital connections and make them human, you know, we're going to stand here and debunk that myth. So I will tell you, go look at meetup seriously. Like just, just investigate that word and you're going to get your mind blown. So, so Terry, knowing like you do that there are so many networking opportunities, uh, what's your advice? Like how much of the person's outbound relationship building activity should be dedicated to this kind of networking? Well, it depends on who they are. Right. There are certain people that should spend very little time networking. Right. And if you're a what can you do for me, we kindly invite you to not show up. That would be that would be great. You could just skip it. That would be cool. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm being harsh, right? You, we can train you. We can, we can get you better. We can <laughs> make you a bionic network. Um, we but, have the technology. It's it, to me, honestly, I would say that most people should probably spend less than 20% of their yeah. time doing this, right? It's not, you can't go bounce from event to event to event to event. It, it'll work, but you're not really doing the work that you're supposed to be doing, right? right. Networking is about creating and maintaining relationships. It's not about selling. Um, it's about 
planting seeds to be able to find opportunities. And so you got to make sure that you water those seeds and take care of those seeds and take care of all the other seeds. And you can't really do that while at an event. So, so start with 15 to 20%. But the key is, are you in the right room, right? right. That's the $100 question, you know, and most people don't make the time to figure that out. They're like, oh, well, I got invited to this event. And then they get there and they look around and they're like, well, none of these people are going to buy anything for me. This is useless and I'm not going to spend any more time doing it. You got to target them better. Or worse yet, speaking back to uh, the the event before last that we had and you point blank said, what's everyone's ask? Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what your ask is, probably not going to be able to get something if you don't know what it is that you're actually in need of. So that, you know, maybe the person in the room isn't the person that's going to buy from you, but maybe they're the person who knows the person you want to meet. And That's so important to be able to say, I want to meet these people. Does anyone here have a way for that to happen for me? And the fact that people won't do that, you know, make that effort or be, even if you've made the effort to be scared to ask, like earn the right to ask by being a really great person to everybody in the room. And then when you have an ask, everyone in there will try to help you. Roger only brings that up because he knows he had the best ask in the room that day. He just, he just like, (laughs) right. He did the best job. All right. So on the other hand, uh, when it comes to transitioning a digital, uh, no, let's do it the other way. When I've met you at a networking event, where do you see it fall apart in the days and hours and weeks after what happens when two people meet at a networking event? Well, the first one's the same thing that makes most sales fall apart, right? Right. Lack of follow-up. You know, so I tell people all the time, you've got about 72 hours to follow up with the people in the networking event. And that follow up should be the same. Right. And it doesn't matter if you make a phone call or send an email or write a handwritten letter or Facebook message or LinkedIn, whatever. A promotional product would also be great. (laughs) (laughs) Send them something with your name on it. That would be perfect. And number Uh, and website. No, it's, uh, you know, who are you? Where'd you meet? What'd you talk about? What would you like to do next? Ask them, you know, I, I always talk about you want to meet for like a coffee, a cookie or a cocktail. Right? <laughs> so figure out, I got, I got you covered. If it's one of those three things. I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> you're just, everybody's down with one of them. Um, you know, and then suggest a date and a time, right? It's, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, but most people don't do that. They don't have a system. They don't have a process, you know. So if you don't follow up, you're going to blow it. Um, the other thing, and you've already alluded to it, is when that first initial follow up is nothing but buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And, and nobody's interested in that. Again, you go to networking events to network, not to sell. You know, you won't get to know who I know until you get to know me. There you go. So that's that's the key. Well, and heaven help when you don't know how many people that person across from you that you're just taking, taking, taking from could be putting you in front of if you weren't doing that. 100%. My gosh, the riches that might be sitting across from you that you're just turning away from out of just 
not not looking at things from the right perspective. Shameless, right. shameless book promotion, right? So uh, yeah, right. There's a section in my book that's basically titled, You Don't Know Who I Am Until You Get to Know Me. I was sitting at a bar meeting with a friend, and somebody came in, saw me, recognized me, started pitching me on their nonprofit, was like in a heartbeat. My dude that I was with, is a wealth planner for millionaires. Ah. Right? And they blew him off like he was just some chump. Right. If they would have, if they would have spent a half a second oh, to him, he would have opened like the big pearly gates for these guys. But so close. You were so close. You were so close. <laughs> we laughed, man. We just laughed. I bet. So uh, some some listening will fancy themselves as a better than average networker. Mm. So for for those who may be a little more developed in the discipline, give let's throw out some give some pro tips. Give some pro tips. Uh, so rule number one is show up. Right, you can't you can't make a good networking impact if you aren't there. So you know, keep doing that. Keep being in the places that make sense for you. Rule number two is not only do you have to show up, but you got to be fully present, right? We talk about these mobile phones these days. Those things should come out for one reason and one reason only. Yeah, well, two reasons. One, I got a contact that you should meet, right? If you're at that point and you're cool on that, do that. Uh, or two, um, we've been talking for about eight to 10 minutes. There's a whole mess of other people to talk to. We agree that we like each other. Let's schedule the time for that cookie. And let's go make that happen so we can get on and meet a couple other folks. Number three is there is no reason in the history of time to collect 50 business cards <laughs> ever, right? Even if there's 500 people, your goal is to not meet 50 of them, right? Stop that. You can't build real relationships. You have to develop those, right? That's the point. If it's, uh, here's my card, here's my card, here's my card, here's my card, or let me get your card, let me get your card, let me get your card, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And really, that's not taking the long view. The long view is we meet with some frequency and repetition. My expectation is this crowd will largely attend a majority of these events. So if I don't get you to you today, I should be able to have a moment next time or the time after for that to occur and by taking the longer play, you give yourself the freedom to spend more time with fewer people and develop a little bit deeper connection. But as long as it only lasts for eight minutes or less. Right, Terry? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. it. Like, uh, 10 is okay, right? 10. ten is, but you don't make it longer than that because now you're selfishly hoarding that person and you're cutting your own self off from opportunity. Well, and, and I think by positioning it as, hey, we both want to meet more people than just one another. And it's awesome that we've gotten like we're cool. Fist bump. I'll see you. I know I've got you at this point, but let you go get another one and let me go get another one, because maybe that means we've got four now. So right. like, let's go play this game together now that we feel like we're cool. So that's that's a that's a good one. And so the next tip on that tip is. Now I'm listening for opportunity for you, right? You're listening for opportunity for me. So now we just doubled our effort. Yep. I was talking about bring a wingman for this very purpose. Yep. But the real key here 
is get in the habit of introducing two people that you know need to meet each other. Because now those people have one thing in common, you. And now you got people talking about you when you're nowhere around. That's where magic happens. That's where magic happens for sure. All right, dude, you killed it. You've done exactly what I expect you to do, but I have a bonus question for you. We have uh, been developing a sub-thread here on the So You're in Sales podcast about the use of video. We've actually been even further developing that sub-thread within the context of LinkedIn video. You, sir, just recorded 30 videos on LinkedIn in 31 days in the month of July, and it was a Saturday that you missed, so we're going to forgive you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was a slacker that day. (laughs) So... What did 30 days of LinkedIn video teach you? And what would be your advice for others wanting to consider something similar? Number one is do not put a video up that's over a minute. That was the, the big lesson is, you know, because I, I play around, right? All of this for me is just testing and messing around. So you make sure they're under 60 seconds. Okay. Two, if you want more exposure on your videos, you got to do a couple of things. And one of them is you got to tag people in the video, talk about people. Because when you tag somebody, it's an ad symbol and then their name. Um, it shows up and some of their network sees it. They'll come and comment, right? It just, it, it enacts the algorithm. So that ends up being an important tip too. Um, number three, you should probably figure out when your audience is online, when they're going to see it. Um, so I did videos that I launched as early as 7.30 in the morning and is late at 10 o'clock at night, right? And everywhere in between. Um, The morning stuff tends to do best. Um, And I, you know, the rest of it, man, I just, LinkedIn pissed me off a handful of times. You (laughs) you know that because we had a conversation about that in the last two days. (laughs) So. Not showing my stuff, dude. Yeah. So I guess I do want to just, the, it would be easy for us to just stop right there and everyone will think, here's another example of someone using LinkedIn and using video. Jesus, I just can't stand now. I got to go do another thing. And, you know, everybody says, oh, but the engagement is at a multiplier that's so beyond what anybody's expectations. But you hit on something, though, and I think we, need, we would be remiss in not saying it wasn't all wine and roses, wasn't all wine and roses, man. I had videos that got, you know, and I didn't really go back and look at it, but I have videos that are probably four or 5,000 views over the course of the month. I have videos that are four or 500 views over the course of the month. Yeah. Um, and, and to some extent, there's no rhyme or reason. One thing that I noticed is the hashtags that LinkedIn suggests ends up starting to be the same hashtags over and over again, regardless of what the content is. So what LinkedIn is probably telling you is stay in your damn lane. <laughs> All right. right? And, and I don't, I listen, I don't follow directions from my wife. I don't follow them from my former employers. I don't follow them. So I ain't taking your advice, LinkedIn. That'll teach you. All right. I think that pretty much sums it up. But I, I just wanted to, you know, uh, you literally just got off that boat of yeah. that, being on that ship. So I wanted to give everybody a chance to hear firsthand from you kind of what that experience was like. So, sir, I appreciate it, man. I hope we get to have you back again sometime soon. Thanks so much. I love it. So there you have it. Some key takeaways for me in that episode. 
is the community that Terry's been able to create really was forged in the early days of the kindler and gentler internet. But it was really solidified by the Great Recession. And what it really did is it created multiple rallying points um, that allow people to engage with the community in ways that they're interested in, as opposed to it being just a drinking event or an in-person networking event. Terry really does his best to try to switch that up and make it so that people can find their passions in the different ways. And people really don't know how to connect in a genuine and real way, real way in person or online, but it is changing and it's getting better. Hybrid net networking is a continuation of your discussions into the digital realm after you've met people in person that allows you to re-engage in the conversation with them once you see them in person again. So pro tips, show up consistently, be present, only spend eight to 10 minutes with a connection, quality of connections over quantity. And when you introduce two people to one another, amazing things happen because they both remember you. Really great episode. I hope you got some key insights out of that. And if you would please share what we're doing with others and make sure that everyone is subscribing so that we can continue to get the kind of guest of Terry's Caliber. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you again real soon.